I'm Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns. And I'm Rebecca Hackmeyer, and I use she, her pronouns. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Rad, Rad Child, Child Podcast. Podcast. of Way to Go and Room to Grow. Uh, so today we're talking uh, specifically about consent and boundaries. Uh, we did dip a little bit into consent when we talked about um, sex, uh, but I felt like consent deserved its own episode because <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it's a big topic and an important topic, and I wanted to kind of dive a little deeper into it. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite books about uh, consent and boundaries, which is so important. I mean, just as important for adults as it is for kids. I think we need a better grasp on it too, a lot of us. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's funny. I was just, uh, we were, b- before, before the podcast, uh, before the recording started, um, Rebecca and I were talking a little bit about the idea of high-functioning anxiety, um, which is a lot different than what uh, I think folks traditionally think that anxiety looks like. Um, and uh, the idea of like, for me, a lot of that is like, I can't say no. Like, I don't have boundaries in the sense of like, it's hard for me if someone's like, oh, do you want to do this project? Or like, oh, you're an artist. Do you want to make this thing for us? I'm like, yeah. Um, and so like, for me as an adult, that was a really hard thing to learn was like how to say no. Uh, and that I could say no. Um, and so I think it's really important to like instill that in kids, right? That like, it's okay to say no in like consent and boundaries. I think when we think of the word consent, we automatically jump to sex and consent is like everywhere and everything um, and all kinds of circumstances. So I think it's really important to learn and talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, for sure. Uh, And I think it's something that we don't talk about. I feel like I didn't learn properly about like what consent was or the idea of consent until I was an adult, probably. (laughs) Um, which, you know, not great. Right. Like <laughs> as the nineties. Yeah. As a culture, as a society, yes. we are still like at a very rudimentary understanding of, yeah. of like, uh, and I'm, di- I'm dipping into my own kind of way to go to grow right now, but we're at a very rudimentary understanding of, um, like that children should have agency over their bodies yes. and should not have kind of, um, uh, touched or anything kind of forced upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, right, the idea of kind of in um, kind of more like sex and relationships and affection, like uh, enthusiastic consent mm-hmm. being something that is yeah. like critically important and should be the goal. Yeah. Uh, and then also, yeah, just the idea of having boundaries and having the per- giving permission and also allow giving yourself permission to set boundaries. Um, yeah, I think that's so important. It makes me think a lot about like there's probably a word for this but sort of like these societal norms for example I think a lot with folks that are um who are socialized female um right there's like this sort of politeness that you're supposed to have that can get you into a lot of trouble like one time I uh like you don't want to offend anyone you don't want to step on anyone's toes and it just makes me think of this time I was I was living in Italy at the time and I went on a date with this guy who had a, a stall at the local marketplace and he was always flirting with me and I was like, okay, fine, I'll go on a date with you. Um, and my mom was like, whatever you do, don't go into his apartment. <laughs> and the first thing that happened was he's like, oh, I just have to grab something for my apartment. Do you want to come up? And I was like, uh, sure. And like, that could have ended so bad. Like it, the whole thing, I can't tell the whole story here. It's too long, but like <laughs> it could have ended so, so badly. Right. Um, There's so many twists and turns where you're like, I yeah, it should no, be dead. Like, 
Yeah, I like should... I could I could have been murdered or like a terrible things could have happened in that situation because I needed to be polite and be like, yeah. You right. know, and and so I think like that also is really important when we're talking about like especially with folks who are socialized female, I think that's like a thing uh you know, or even like if I got like the whole stereotype of like a guy offering you a drink, right? Like you don't know that guy, say no. It's fine. Right. Um you don't owe people any like strangers anything, right? Or uh, it's okay to assert your boundaries. So I think in so many circumstances, it's so important to teach kids that like they have autonomy and um, can say no. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I want to say two things. Oh, go ahead. Um, well, number one, I think that we should definitely give a shout out to uh, kind of the the mantra that was kind of coined by the my favorite murder gals, Karen and Georgia, which is "fuck politeness." <laughs> um, and uh, you know, folks have different kind of come at that podcast from different places, but I, I, I think we can all agree that that is a, a mantra worth worth having in our pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, what you mentioned about being socialized female and kind of that, um, the niceness and the politeness and the accommodations that women are kind of expected to make beginning when they're young girls, um, that also is inter- intersects with um, kind of the superwoman, uh, like grown-up, superwoman woman who can have it all kind of expectation right so not only are you socialized that you should always say yes and be accommodating but then you're also kind of expected to pile on more and more and Mm -hmm. hold it all together and make it all happen um which i think is really really coming to a head and maybe people are recognizing it a bit more in this pandemic but it's something that has been an issue obviously for a for from time immemorial Absolutely. And so I'm glad that we're finally starting to have these conversations. Because like I said, it's so important. And it's really just like, everywhere, right? It's, you know, throughout your day, there are so many times um, that it's going to come up that you're not even in situations that you're not even thinking about. Uh, But anyway, uh, I guess I will get started. So my first book is actually a book that we featured before. And I don't usually do this. uh, But it's so good. I'm gonna feature it again. Um, And it was one of you hit too. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah I see that <laughs> I'm doing one of yours and you're doing one of mine I think that's so, so funny yeah. I think maybe Crystal did the one you're doing uh okay I did not feature that one um to my knowledge <laughs> I don't know my brain is Swiss cheese sometimes like today uh here's my sidebar um today I was talking to my friend and I was like sitting on my swing I woke up at like 5 a.m it was very early and I was like you know what I'm gonna go I have like this beautiful like egg chair suspended swing thing mm-hmm. and that was my like COVID my wild COVID purchase um on my balcony and I uh sometimes I was like I'm gonna go watch the sunrise I'm gonna make some tea and get a little blanket I'm just gonna like enjoy the outside and the birds and whatever and I was just sitting out there I was like you know this reminds me of a time that I uh, I went on a trip upstate uh, upstate New York. I realize I can't just say upstate. Um, <laughs> I'm so used to being in New York. Um, so I went on a trip upstate New York with my friend, with my best friend, and we were uh, I have this memory of us sitting on a swing together. Like there was a swing in the Airbnb, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And I so I texted them and was like, "Oh, like I'm just thinking of you." And then I, as I was texting, I was like, "Were you on the swing with me? I don't even. Maybe it was just me and you were on the trip." And like they were like. I also don't remember if I was there or not, like, or if I'm just like fabricating this memory, if we were separately on the swing. And like, I was like, so this is all to say that my brain is Swiss cheese. And uh, who knows? Maybe I did feature it. Memory is fallible. <laughs> right? It's so scary. Like, I was reading a, um, what do you call it? Like a statistic about like how accurate the human memory is. And I was like, oh boy, we shouldn't have witnesses in court ever. 
No, right. Because <laughs> we remember, we don't, we remember our memory. Like, we yeah. remember the yep. remembering and it shifts every single yeah, so time. so weird. Anyway, yep. that's a whole other thing. But anyway, um, so the, the book that I want to talk about today is called Don't Touch My Hair. Uh, and it is by, uh, written and illustrated by Sheree Miller. And it was published in 2018 by Little Brown, who we love. They do very good work. Uh, and basically, uh, it's about a little a little black girl named Daria who loves her natural hair, and she doesn't she just doesn't like uh, when people touch it without her permission, which is pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's in the beginning she's like talking about how she loves her hair, and there's a line where she says, "Actually, everyone loves my hair too. When I walk down the street, I hear so many compliments." It's great that people love my hair, but some love it so much they want to touch it. I don't like this. I'm like, fair. Um, and so then there's like, I, I love this book. There's, then there's like this, uh, like it starts out with like, you know, she's walking down the street or she's in like normal situations and people are trying to touch her hair and she's, she's like running away. And then there's all these like very comical scenes where like, uh, like she's like running away from people and like she goes underwater and there's a mermaid and the mermaid wants to touch her hair and then like she goes to the jungle and all the animals want to touch her hair and she goes to, like and then she's talking about how she's like she can't get far enough away right and she's like in outer space and the aliens want to touch her hair um so like I, it's just really well done it's very funny and then finally like someone touches her hair and it is just like the last the you know the last straw and uh you know she kind of has this moment where she shouts that's enough don't touch my hair and then she gives this great little speech where she says, this is my hair. It's great that you love it too, but please, please just look and don't touch without my permission. Um, and then like after she kind of gives this, this speech to everyone, you know, it says the next time someone wants to touch my hair, they ask, can I touch your hair? And then there's a little like speech bubble of her saying, not today. Um, and then like at the, the end, uh, it says, but if you ask nicely, sometimes I say yes. And there's like a little kid asking and she says she lets her touch her hair. Um, so I really like this book as a conversation about boundaries and like setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's uh, first of all its own voices, which is great. Uh, it talks about I like that it talks about consent in sort of a different situation. The other two books that I'm going to talk about are kind of similar um, in terms of the content being more like uh, well, this conversation we hear a lot about like don't force kids to hug and kiss people, and there are other ways to say hello and that kind of thing, which is important. But I appreciate thinking about consent in a different uh, situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, different context. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I love this book also as a way to talk about microaggressions, mm-hmm. um, right? Because like all these little things happen, little things, little things, little things, and then finally, right, she kind of explodes. And to the people there, to that person who tried to touch her hair, they were probably like, "Oh my gosh, why are you overreacting?" I just wanted to touch your hair you know what i mean but like to her it's happened you know 25 times today um aliens mermaids monkeys dragon <laughs> yeah oh yes the dragon <laughs> um and so i really like that book as a as a way to open up that conversation and talk about microaggressions um and i really like like the kind of in theory i feel like the absurd parts like the mermaid and the aliens or whatever like could take away from the book but it really doesn't it like adds to it in a really beautiful way um and i don't even know why that is but like i just think it's really well done uh you know what i mean i think it could have been distracting or take you know t- taken away from kind of the point but i th- i think it's really well done right because it well it takes you on a because it's funny right like yes. it takes it takes the reader it takes the reader on a journey and it it adds to the adds to the storyline right like yes. the plot um, and so it, it adds it adds kind of a lightness and a humor to like what mm-hmm. is a really serious mm-hmm. um, topic. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's it's more it, it kind of uh, brings the reader in and is more engaging in that way as opposed to just sitting down and being like, this is a serious thing. Don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, no one. I don't feel like anyone wants to be lectured when they read a children's book. So it's like a it's like a secret lecture. You don't know you're being lectured. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's one. like when you hide vegetables in a muffin, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I used to have uh, I used to babysit for these kids who just like hated vegetables and one time uh as i you know as i do i was bored the kids were asleep it was like a nighttime gig and uh i just organized their whole bookshelf because i was bored and uh, i found a book on that bookshelf that's that was just like literally a cookbook about how to hide vegetables in food oh that was that's the jessica (laughs) seinfeld cookbook yep (laughs) (laughs) it's like i love this so much oh my gosh um but anyway as far as uh room to grow i really don't have any room to grow for this book i love this book uh, I think it's it's wonderful. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, but I, I know I can't I can't remember um, whether anything came up for us. I think it really it's it's a it's just beautifully executed. I'm pretty yeah. sure if I recall correctly. There's there's body diversity. Mm-hmm. There's like uh, ability diversity, if I recall correctly. But maybe there could be a little more of that. Yeah, I don't um, remember too much. I'm flipping through right now. I don't remember too much ability diversity. Like in some of the crowd scenes, maybe there's someone yeah, looking. That, that uses a walker or a wheelchair. But I can't there's recall like correctly. someone in a hijab. There's someone with like a head wrap. There's people different skin tones. Oh, I think there's on the, there's like an older woman with a walker. Mm-hmm. I see in one of the crowd scenes. But yeah, I could definitely. I mean, right? We could always push it. It could always be more. Right, but this um, one pretty pretty perfect. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm into it. Yeah, um, include it in one of our shift book boxes. <laughs> which uh, for which theme? Um, body positivity. Mm. Yeah, we kind of like That's loop awesome. it in, like the idea yeah. of uh, taking ownership and having agency over your body. Yeah, um, I love that so much. That. Yes, take ownership of your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Um, so speaking of uh, people taking ownership of their bodies, uh, the next book I want to talk about is called Miles is the Boss of His Body. So mm-hmm. someone taking ownership of their body. Um, and this is by uh, Abby. It's Well, it's it was confusing to me. So Abby Schiller illustrated the book, but then it also like it just it doesn't like I had to dig to find that information. It just says by Abby Schiller and Samantha Counter. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they co-wrote the book and then Abby illustrated it unclear i did some research inconclusive uh either way they collaborated on this book um and this is slightly older it's uh, it was uh published in 2014 by rubis studio and basically it's a pretty simple story it's miles sixth birthday uh and he's very excited but like friends family and strangers in some cases are interacting with him in in his body in ways that he doesn't like right so like grandpa pinches his cheeks his older brother gives him a noogie you know someone hugs him his dad like picks him up there's a little toddler who's like grabbing his shirt then like (laughs) this makes me laugh so there's like somebody has ordered like you know like uh some like a like a um like when someone comes to your door and like does a little dance what's that word Oh, uh, singing telegram. Thank you. Like that. But it's like the birthday chicken. Um, Because, you know, a birthday it chicken. A birthday chicken, of course. Of course. And it's like, okay, it's time for birthday tickles. And he's like, I don't like that. So like, Ooh. weird. yeah. And then like, you know, and then the pizza finally, he's very excited about the pizza and the pizza finally comes. And then like pizza guy pats him on the head. Um, and so like just all of these things keep happening. And so uh, 
in the beginning when uh, the very beginning when he's he's still excited but grandpa comes in and you know pinches his cheek basically uh it says miles loved his grandpa a lot but he didn't love getting his cheeks pinched so i love this idea that like i love you but i don't like the way you're interacting with me right now right it doesn't mean that i don't love you if i don't want to give you a kiss if i don't want to give you a hug right i like that they separate that Mm -hmm. um because i think like even i see with the parents that i nanny for now sometimes like if the kid they'll be like oh give me a kiss and the kid doesn't want to like they get offended um and i'm like it's not about you (laughs) they love you you know like they just don't want to give you a hug right right now they're busy they're 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 in the zone right So, so I appreciate that they kind of break that down. And then, um, basically after all of this happens, uh, Miles has a very similar moment, uh, to Arya and don't touch my hair where he just kind of, uh, is over it and basically tells everyone to cut it out (laughs) and sits them all down. (laughs) Literally like they're all sitting on the couch and his, his speech is, excuse me, please. I have something to say. It's my birthday, and I'm tired of being pinched, noogied, hugged too tight, picked up, grabbed, tickled, and touched in ways I don't like. I'm six years old, and I'm the boss of my body. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like about that is it implies that you may like have to be six to be the boss of your body. Um, <laughs> right. It's kind of weird. Uh, but anyway. It was all yours, but now it's mine. Yes, exactly. Uh, and um, But I like the way it's like, like similarly to even though i didn't like this book um the uh the wiggle fidgets book it reminds me of like when a kid is being very adult and it's just like excuse me i have something to say um and like but in a way i don't know it feels different in this book where like i do and i mean i'll get into it a little later in my room to grows but i do feel like why is miles doing the work here he's six um but anyway so that's that's something to think about but anyway everyone basically apologizes to miles um, and then there's a point where he says, you know, but what if I don't want to hug or kiss someone? Can I give, uh, can I give a wave or can I just wave or give a handshake to people instead? And they say, uh, you can decide what feels right for you. Um, so overall, like, I like this book. I like that it's a story, uh, because I feel like a lot of the books about consent are not narratives. Um, and so it's nice to put it in context mm-hmm. instead of just being like, you could do this, you could do that, you know? Um, I again I think it's a nice way to open up a conversation about microaggressions um as far as like all these little things happen and then finally he's like okay that's enough he says cut it out which I love Mm. um and so room to grow like I said like Miles has to do the work which like I don't like that (laughs) um like I think it would be I don't know because part of me is like like I think there could still be a way that he could have that agency, but with like an advocate. Yes, uh, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Like having an adult um, step up as an advocate would be would mm-hmm. make a big difference. And also, like like I said, that line where it's like I am six years old and I'm the boss of my body. To me, I feel like it could be interpreted like, well, you have to be a certain age to be the boss of your body. And I don't know if I'm just being silly, but uh, I feel like it kind of came off came off like that um and then at the uh at the end there's a line that really bothers me it's the very end of the book and basically he's he's saying it's something along the lines of like you know people respecting him is the best birthday gift he could ask for and i'm like no it's just basic decency miles right it just shouldn't be like your biggest wish is for your family to respect you that's yeah that's a very good point i don't like that well on the story but that messaging is yes not yeah to me i was a little like "Ah." (laughs) i don't like that um Um, 
go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, when you talked about the age, kind of the mm-hmm. idea that you have to be six. Um, so we practiced with our, with our child, we practiced the um, rye uh, like style of parenting. Okay. Um, which really advocates for not putting like for, for communicating with babies from beginning from day one, mm-hmm. communicating with babies about what you're going to do, mm-hmm. um, like, what, like what the next step is, like talking to them. Oh yeah. And it kind of like a, when you read about it online, it talks about how you'll, you'll see very, very young babies, um, like learn to expect, like when you say like, okay, I'm going to pick you up now. It's not, you know, no one's saying that they understand necessarily those terms, right. Mm -hmm. But they understand the, the, the coupling of you, like giving them that notice and then what they're going to expect. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see them start to like put themselves into that, like bracing, like their arms up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another part of it was not, um, not propping them up. Right. So recognizing the babies, um, their natural state is to kind of be in a prone position. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really set, we didn't use like a, a bumpo chair or anything like mm-hmm. that. And Dash really spent a lot of time on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the cool, I mean, this is kind of a little bit off topic now, but just my, my overall point is that this, this practice of, 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 um, respecting children's bodies should begin at infancy, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't begin at age six. It begins from day one. Um, and it's not unusual. You know, some of the rye, uh, some of the the way that it's depicted is like a baby holding a newspaper. Like, isn't this funny? Like treating babies like they're adults. Ha ha ha. Like give that kid a pipe. Like it's not like that, right? It's like just respect their bodies and communicate to them mm-hmm. what you're going to do before you do it and keep them in the loop. But um when my when Dashiell learned to sit up on his own, it was the coolest thing to watch. <laughs> like I mean, like him figuring out sitting up and the pride on his face the first time Aww. he ever sat up. I'm not talking about walking, like just literally sitting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kid has, I mean, I will say this is completely anecdotal, but he has like some of the most like advanced proprioception like the kid does not fall down he does not bump his head (laughs) he has really good spatial awareness and Mm -hmm. I I personally think it has something a little bit something to do with um having that agency over his body and figuring out those things on his own but anyway that's my 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 why yeah it's funny I I mean I do I do a lot of that in the sense of I always communicate like from when kids are infants like I just always communicate what's going to happen, whether it's their bodies or whether it's just like, we're, this is what's happening next. We're going to have snack next. We're going to do this to the point where <laughs> this one kid, Micah, that I was with, um, we would all go to speech therapy and then we would always go home and take a nap. And, and like we were leaving and she was like, bye, take a nap. Like she understood that like taking a nap was the next thing that was going right. to happen. Because <laughs> like I always would tell her, okay, we're going to go home and take a nap. Um, and so I think I think it's so important also just like boring to not talk to a baby all day like tell the baby what's going on um, totally. um but and anyway when Mike oh, is like, bye take a nap the speech therapist <laughs> was like thank you I will <laughs> <laughs> seriously oh my gosh um so my last book uh is called don't hug Doug he doesn't like it fair um and this is a newer newer book uh it's by Carrie 
let's see, Finn Finnison, excuse me, Carrie Finnison, uh, and illustrated by Daniel Wiseman. And it was published uh, in 2021. Uh, hmm. So like I said, pretty recent. And it was published by G.P. Putnam's Sons Book Books for Young Readers. That's a mouthful. Um, and basically, it's it's similar. It's sort of like Miles is the boss of his body without a narrative. <laughs> um, without a, that that same kind of narrative where it's like start to finish, you know, some, you know, uh, traditional narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it's about a kid, as you can imagine, named Doug, who doesn't like hugs. It's basically the whole book. Um so it's it's got this very cute like rhyming pattern. So in the beginning, there's sort of this lineup of kids doing the various things I'm going to mention. And Doug is at the end of this lineup, and it says, "You can hug a pug, ah. You can hug a bug, maybe, or a slug, ew. But don't hug Doug. He doesn't like it." And then Doug is saying, "No hugs, please." Um, so it has this like kind of funny uh, rhythm to it, and just like silliness about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, don't worry. Again, this is sort of the same thing from Miles. Uh, don't worry. Doug likes you. He just doesn't like hugs. Uh, and then it talks about, like, the reasons that he doesn't like them, right? He says, like, they're too squishy. They're too squashy or whatever. Um, all these different things. And then it talks about, he's like, Doug likes other things. Doug likes this. Doug likes that, right? Um, and then it gives examples of kinds of hugs. So, like, different people are asking, like, what about hello hugs? And Doug's like, no. What about goodbye hugs? Nope. What about game-winning home run hugs? Nuh-uh. What about dropped ice cream cone hugs? Still no, but I'd love another scoop. So it's like all these different sort of scenarios because people, I feel like that'll happen sometimes where it's like, okay, you don't like hugs, but like, what if, but like you're leaving and grandma wants a hug goodbye or like, you know. Um, so like, I like that they sort of show all these different situations where it's still like, nah, I don't like hugs. Yeah, I don't or, like, or like, no. you you look sad. Don't you want a hug? And it's like, yeah. no, not everyone wants a hug. When <laughs> like, some people don't enjoy to being touched. No. When I was a kid, I I don't know, honestly, like what it was. Like I just, it was like a sensory thing for me. But I literally, I didn't have like the words to communicate how it felt i used to say it hurt when people touch me like i did not like being touched to the point where i'd be like it hurts when you touch me i don't like it mm-hmm. um and like i just like i don't know i just didn't like it and like uh, just don't hug me you know that's not what i want that's not what i need um and if kids are communicating that it's like just respect them um but anyway, so this part of the book kind of confused me and i don't know how you feel about this but basically at one at one part of the book there's like there's only one type of of hug that doug likes and it's a bedtime hug from his mom because it's like not squishy not squashy not these things that he doesn't like and it's like just right and i was like but the whole point is that he doesn't like hugs that reminds- it's like this one instance that it's okay i don't know what do you yeah. think about that no that that reminds me of the end of um of the temple grandin story the hug machine how to build a hug machine mm-hmm. where it's like the whole thing is about how she only likes touch in this like deep pressure way and like Mm -hmm. solving that problem and then at the end it's like and now she likes hugs yeah it it does feel it kind of undermines the the overall message yes it kind of threw it off for me and i guess because i was confused because i I feel like if they were gonna say that like this this is the circumstance that hugs are okay but others aren't then they should have thrown it in with the other circumstances that they were talking about you know what I mean? Where they were like, goodbye hugs aren't okay and this isn't okay, but the only hug that's okay with him is this kind of, I don't know. But like even that, I feel, I don't know, I just feel like it's kind of confusing because literally the name of the book is Don't Hug Doug. Right. 
but now it's kind of like don't worry moms like your child will still hug you yeah yeah i don't know it just had it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way um and then there's a page where it's like you know all different people who are labeled like grandma betty and sally or whatever just like a bunch of different people and it says can you hug these people can you hug these people excuse me and it's like a bunch of different people and then it says there's only one way to find out ask um which i like and then it shows uh there's a page that shows different people you know saying if they do or don't want hugs or like maybe or whatever um and then there's uh oh what was i gonna say there's this idea that like like when when there are a bunch of people saying like they do like hugs they don't like hugs and the they're saying like and a lot of people are in the middle right like i like hugs sometimes or like not today or not in this moment right but it's not that like it's not i like that they talk about it's not all or nothing it's not like you want to be hugged all the time or you never want to be hugged right? right um and so i like that they're like you know doug's like this but like a lot of people are in the middle and a lot and some people are like oh, we'll always want to hug right and so they show kind of different people, different circumstances uh, of, of different people sort of either wanting hugs. Like there's like a grandma who like, she's like, I will always take a hug. Right. And then there's people who are like, you know, not today or whatever. Um, Maybe that's why there's room for the hug from mom. Yeah. Right? Showing that there is that variation and it isn't a all or nothing. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I, it's just like, it just threw me off mm-hmm. um, with the whole premise of the book being that he doesn't like hugs. Um <laughs> It's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's don't hug Doug unless you're mom. Um, <laughs> uh, but then at, at the end, it says he does like you and he likes high five and he likes high fives. And then at the end, um, they like Doug is like, like illustrated, like with his hand out to give a high five to the reader. Um, so you can give Doug a high five. And it says, uh, and even though like Doug loves high fives, uh, it's still like, it like has a little narration where it's like you the reader have to ask doug if it's okay to give him a high five and then doug says yes and then he gives mm. him a high five um so i like that i thought that was cute um i uh i like the asking for like talking about asking for consent like the only way you could know is asking so that's definitely a way to go for me um i like like i said showing the range of like some people always like them or never like them but there's like most people are probably somewhere in between that um I think it's like a good simplification of consent. Um, it's just obviously a very complex issue, um, but not in a way that waters it down. Um, and I, I think also like this could be a really good book for folks with sensory issues. Right. Like in a totally different context. Like, yeah, it's great to talk about consent, but like my mind automatic, like um, instantly went to like folks with autism and different sensory issues and like who don't like to be touched. Um, and I think well, this I- could be be really good for that as well go ahead I'm totally cutting you off but yeah just to pile on and say yeah i think that that's exactly why like that's a huge facet of the importance of the consent conversation right like to normalize consent because um exactly because folks who have sensory issues um have had have had this kind of touch forced upon them for so long yeah right? yeah i think that's critically important absolutely um, and I also, I always like, like a book that kind of has different uses. Um, like you could, uh, you, you know, use this in a conversation about consent. You can use this 
you know, for someone, if someone in a kid's life, uh, you know, does have sensory issues, you know what I mean? It's like multifaceted, which I appreciate. And then the last thing, uh, my last way to go, which I mentioned before, was just like clarifying, like twice they clarify that it's not personal, right? It's like, Doug likes you. He just doesn't like hugs. Um, and they also did that in Miles, which I appreciated because again, I think it sometimes like we do, like I, like I said, I see parents a lot, like take it kind of personally if their kid doesn't want to kiss them or hug them or engage with them, like they're doing something else. <laughs> and then this will happen sometimes where like, at work they'll be like you know the kids are like watching tv or like you know they're doing something that like like as i'm leaving doing something that they're engaged in and they're like okay now say goodbye to seth and i'm like it's really okay if they don't say goodbye to me like they're busy it's fine (laughs) you don't have to force them to stop what they're doing and like say goodbye you know um and so yeah i don't know i think i think about that a lot uh and i think that's that's kind of an important thing to to think about um Hmm. The only real room to grow that I had was, again, as usual, I would have loved more diversity in kind of every sense of the word. Um, Like there were, you know, people of different races, but um, it was kind of lackluster in that department. Um, And yeah, so overall, I I like that one. Um, I think it kind of, uh, like I said, it kind of does similar things to Miles, but I think Miles is a little bit better for a kid who maybe likes a story with an arc as opposed to this book is just kind of like telling you stuff. <laughs> Although I will say this one does a cute job. Like it, it, yes. it has moments of humor. Um, oh yeah. Well there's, there's like one where it's like, you can hug a Valentine, you can hug Frankenstein or like, you know, it's like silly things. You can hug a porcupine, uh, not recommended. Yes. There's like little side notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little sides. Yeah. Um, I think this would be a great board book. I would love to see a Mm. board book edition of this one. Yeah, that's a great, a great point. Um, Yeah, there are so many books that I wish were board books. I mean, I just like read all the books to the kids and hope that they don't destroy them. Um, Sometimes they do. I just don't leave them alone with the books. (laughs) But now they're at the age where they like to just sit and like flip through the pages. And I'm like, that's great. Please don't destroy my book, though. Um, I will charge our parents. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) So there's one book that I wanted to talk about, uh, and I don't usually do this, um, because I was very excited about it, and I got it, and then I was like, oh, like I got to a certain page, um, and the reason that I'm talking about this is uh, the book that I'm referring to is uh, ABC of Body Safety and Consent. It's a new book uh, from 2020, and it's um, published by Educate to Empower, which uh, if you're if you're in, I don't know, if you're very into the specific corner of children's literature about consent world, um, Janine Sanders uh, is an author who um, does a, a ton of work uh, specifically about consent. And um, you will know this because she was on the last episode. Um, um, but anyway, let's talk about things that aren't bummers. Uh, mm. What are What books do you have for us today? Um, well, okay, thank you. The first one that I want to talk about is a repeat from a previous episode, so I won't go too deeply into it, but it is a board book, and this um, the title is C is for Consent, and it was written by Eleanor Morrison and illustrated by Faye Orlove and published by Phonics with Finn in 2018, which I believe is um, likely it's a, self, a self-published book. Mm. Um, and so let me pull up my information. So a little bit about um, author and illustrator, Eleanor Morrison, um, Dr. Eleanor Morrison has a master's in social psychology and public communication and a PhD in communication. 
Um, and she was inspired to write this story um, kind of stemmed from the Me Too movement and stemmed mm. from all specifically from all of these revelations that 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 um, shocking revelations that <laughs> white men in power were doing horrific things to maintain their power and subjugate and oppress women. Um, <laughs> I hope that you could hear the sarcasm in my voice. <laughs> I can. I can. Um, so what she says around that um, in an interview that I read is, in this really triggering news cycle, I didn't want to wait to give my son something to start shaping a better future culture for him and through him. So I started writing the book I wanted to give to him, um, which is the impetus for a lot of kind of the social justice um, and like inclusive minded stories that that we feature in Shift Book Box for sure, but also that we feature here on Rajah podcast. Um, so she basically realized that the book, that there was kind of a dearth of books on this subject. And so she, she wrote it. Um, and then the illustrator, Faye Orlove, um, describes um, herself. I believe I saw that she uses she, um, she, her pronouns as an independent artist and activist um, living in Los Angeles, Virgo sun plus Scorpio moon plus Libra <laughs> rising is the, the bio. Um and uh, Faye Orlev also so is an artist, but also has this um, unique nonprofit organization called Junior High, which, um, and I'll quote this from the information I found, um, creates a platform for marginalized youth through the use of different art forms, such as musical, digital art, visual oh, cool. arts, and more. Um, so, yeah, so that kind of has this amazing organization that's like kind of... Um, uh, supporting and, and celebrating um, typically marginalized artists and allowing giving them a space to explore um, explore their art. So yeah, let's take a Love let's that. take a field trip down to Los Angeles and and check out Junior High. Um, so this is a board book and it is a little bit um, you know we talked about how some of these books weave in kind of a more compelling narrative or more humor into this conversation. This one does not. It's very straightforward. Yes. Um, and very, very simple, but, and it, it also has a lot of representation. Um, we have like queer representation, like mm. multiracial family representation, like um, body diversity, ability diversity. Um, but it also very intentionally features a white male blonde protagonist because the idea is really to um, like kind of, uh, this is the this is the person who needs to understand the importance of consent, mm. right? Um, I mean, one obviously everyone needs to understand <laughs> the importance of consent, but in particular, the the author believed that she wanted um, this to be a lesson that really hit home with the kind of people who end up, um, you know, uh, being featured in the Me Too movement. <laughs> so it begins. It is a it is a party. Um, on the front, you have two hand, two people holding hands. You see two arms. One kind of presents as white and the other presents as black. And they're holding hands. And it says C is for consent. Um, and then it says it's time for a party with family and friends. And that's where you have kind of the double page spread with all of the different people who are going to be present at this party. And there's someone who uses a wheelchair. There are two um, people who present as um, male who are like in a loving embrace. You have a, like a multiracial family, like a black man and a white woman and a biracial daughter. Um, and then you have a kind of older couple who we learn later are grandma and grandpa. And then you have um, Finn and 
the two parents who are both who are both white or all white. Um, and it begins, Grandma wants a hug, but Finn isn't in the mood. That's okay, says Dad. You don't have to give hugs if you don't want to. So right at the beginning, you do have that advocate mm-hmm. role that we talked about. And also I love Finn is wearing pink shoes. So there's like yeah. some, like gender identity, diversity. Like there's not this like gender normativeness going on in any way. Um, and then Grandpa leans down to kiss Finn. Mom says, please ask for consent first. And she like has her hand up, like, mm, you know, very powerful. Grandpa asks, may I kiss you on the cheek? Finn replies, hmm, yes, you may. Um, and so something else the author talked about was that she represented both like, um, like enthusiastic consent and then also like, no, right. Like, like mm-hmm. rejection, I guess. I don't know how to say that. Um, like, so both ends of the spectrum, like sometimes Finn is okay with being like having yeah. like been touched or kissed or hugged and sometimes not. And both, again, it's not um, an either or it's situational and that's perfectly fine. Um, and then you have um, like auntie and uncle are like, Hey, come over and sit here. Like sit on my lap. No, sit on my lap. Like kind of being playful. But um, Finn's like, thank you like I don't have to sit on anyone's lap if I don't want to like that's you know that's what my parents say um which is also like right so even if people are being playful and it's like all in good fun like you get to say no and that's fine um and no one again should have hurt feelings about that right yeah um and then you get a question for the reader which I like um mom's friend gives Finn a present does that mean he has to hug or kiss that person only no. <laughs> and then you see all of the different like we love like the different um options right so there's like a little bubble with with finn giving a hug to that person a little bubble with finn giving a kiss on the cheek to that person there's a high five there's a fist bump and then there's like just arms crossed like like nope no touch please <laughs> um and then so you have all of those examples of finn either giving or not giving consent and then um, Finn is happy to see his best friend, Rue. And he asks, may I hold your hand? It's okay if, for you to say no. And then Rue replies, yes, you may hold my hand. Thanks for Cute. asking first. Um, Cute. Yeah, and that is the end. So I basically just did a read a lot of the book for you. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is very matter of fact and very kind of descriptive. Um, not a huge amount of plot, but giving those those instances and those um, a lot of the languaging around how, how what parents can model for kids, what parents can encourage children to um, to be okay with doing. Uh, so I think it's a really valuable tool for that age group. Yeah, I love that. I yeah, love that younger, uh, like that's a board book too. Yeah, and I love the incidental representation. Um, and this is what I, so what I wrote for myself is like, the story's a bit dry. Um, but like I said, like, I think it's great for a board book introduction to the concept. And I, and it's like, uh, what are my notes I wrote? And this is basically where we are as a culture, like when it comes to children having agency over their bodies and the general practice of seeking enthusiastic consent. So like a very basic, straightforward board book is like what we all need. Like, this is how to do it, folks. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, that C is for consent. I love it. I love the like, I, like I was saying, I love that there's 
options there are options for younger kids as well and that it's not just like oh this is a serious topic you know um like i feel like there are like we're talking about in um don't hug doug like there are more playful ways to do it and even when like though this one is more straightforward it's still like at the level at the board book level you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah i think i mean right so i i like this because it really is um like it is the kind of board book that is educating the adult reader right? It's educating the reader who is opening this up for their six-month-old, for their 12-month-old, mm-hmm. and they're learning, like, oh, like, this, this is important. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and the next book that I want to feature mm-hmm. um, is called Don't Be Afraid to Say No. I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, it's by um, Ilana Lamertink. Um, who is uh, I um, who is an author based out of Othrodisen, the Netherlands, okay. um, and uh, has worked like worked as a nurse, um, worked um, in integrated like took courses in integrated children's therapy, mm. um, is a child therapist. Um, and so this is a book that was kind of inspired by by her work with children and families. Um, and then it's illustrated by Lucy Georger, who is a French illustrator based in Amsterdam um, and who uh, just has a very like happy, colorful style. I love that. Yeah. What is the, what is the book called again? It's called Don't Be Afraid to Say No. So both of my books are a little bit more on the informational end of the spectrum this time, rather than kind of the incidental representation of the issue end of the spectrum. Um, and But I, I, I'm really pleased with both of them. So in this story, um, it begins... Oh, Kat will like this one because there's a bunny on the cover saying no. Yes, there is an, a bunny plays an important role. So it, this one... <laughs> This one, this is a narrative story. Um, okay. So it begins, um, it, so it, it's an, how do I say this? It is a narrative story with like representational incidents. So okay. it does have a story, but it begins, everyone's busy at their desks. Everyone except Jill. She's gazing dreamily outside. She's excited for the dismissal bell to ring because after school, Susie's coming to her house to play. Susie's one of the nicest girls in class. She's almost never afraid and everyone wants to be her friend. Bring! Finally, it's time to play, right? So we get like a very like conversational narrative setup. Um, and so then we skip to the play date. Um, and so they are playing with the stuffies and uh, Susie really admires uh, one of Jill's, like Jill's favorite stuffy, which is a rabbit named Hopper who lives like all the other stuffies are out like, you know, in the room and Hopper is like very carefully tucked into the bed, right? Like this is the stuffy. Um, And so Susie asks, like Susie is very enamored of Hopper and asks if basically she can take Hopper home overnight with her. Like she wants to borrow the bunny and Jill wants to say, say no, but she doesn't. Right. So she, because she wants to maintain this friendship. And so it says, um, he's so sweet, Susie says. Can I borrow him overnight? Jill suddenly gets a weird, tickly feeling in her stomach. She doesn't want Susie to take Hopper home with her. 
But if she says no, maybe Susie won't want to play with her anymore. And that's why Jill says yes. Um, which I think really harkens back to our discussion at the, like kind of at the, op- the, at the start of the show, um, just about the culture of a- acquiescence and the culture of politeness that, that little girls in particular. Susie ends up being you know, frustrated with herself um, because she has said yes rather than no. And then the next day, um, she very, like, very urgently kind of goes to Susie and is like, oh, did you bring Hopper with you? And um, Susie brings Hopper out of the backpack and there are some, there's some damage, right? Like there's a Hopper has a little, a little comb to, to comb his hair that's kind of tied onto a bow around his neck. And the comb has been kind of gnawed on by the family dog. And um, there's something sticky in Hopper's fur. Um, and so Susie's like, oh, sorry, it says, um, Jill, Jill's sad and a little mad. Um, so that's incident number one. We have the incident of Hopper. Um, and so then throughout the story, we have a couple, um, Susie, there are several additional incidents where Susie's gut is telling her to say no, right? That tickly feeling in her tummy is telling her to say no, but she ends up saying yes instead. And so um, the next incident, um, she's staying with neighbors and there is a choice between two movies and the, the neighbor boys want to watch a scary movie. Um, she would prefer to watch the other movie, but she goes ahead and doesn't say no. And they watch the scary movie. And then that night she has really bad dreams because of the scary movie. Um, and then in the next incident, she's out with friends. Um, like they're all, you know, playing and she has a certain time that she needs to be home and she's mm-hmm. looking at the clock and knows what time it's supposed to read on the clock when she goes, you know, needs to be back in her house. Mm-hmm. And then um, they see a hot air balloon in the sky, which I thought was kind of a unique creative like <laughs> plot device. So they see a hot air balloon kind of landing. They're like, oh, let's all go. Let's go see it. Let's like, it, look, it's probably landing right over there in that field. Let's go. Like, come on. Like, can you come? Um and uh and jill wants to say no but she says yes and so she goes and does that and then she ends up kind of getting chastised by her parents because she has stayed out you know past the time that she's supposed to be home um and so uh after that we uh, she's very upset um because she's been because her parents are upset with her and then mom comes in Um, and sits on the bed and says what happened Jilly and Jill says I don't ever say no to my friends because I'm scared they won't like me anymore and won't want to play with me I just can't say no even if they're doing things I don't like Um, and I I think that's a really powerful uh, relatable situation Mm -hmm. right like I know we call it lots of things like peer pressure uh, but like that 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 (laughs) Like the compulsion to go go with the flow, that compulsion to be nice, that compulsion to mm-hmm. do what's going to make other people happy and be a people pleaser is very strong in some people. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're socialized as like, like we've talked about, particularly girls are socialized for it to be very strong. Um, so this, this really, uh, I think was a, it's a powerful, um, powerful, relatable problem. Um, and mom wipes away Jill's tears. And um, this, I love this. Jill, honey, you can say no. You actually say no to your very best friend all the time. And so mom does, um, is, is, you know, walks her over to the mirror and says, every time you say yes to your friends, you're really saying no to the girl in the mirror. 
So like when you, when you go against that tickly feeling in your tummy, what you're doing is saying no to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I thought was really powerful. Um, And so then she's, Jill kind of practices saying no to people like in her, in, in the mirror. Um, And she says, I've really said no lots of times. Haven't I? Jill says to mom, to myself. That's right. You've practiced saying no over a thousand times without even realizing it. Real friends won't get upset if you say no every now and then, mom explains. Sometimes it's even brave to say no. Would you be angry if a friend said no to you? And Jill smiles. No, she shouts. Um, So, I mean, it's a little bit, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, It's a little... Sorry, like after school, especially. Yes, I'm blanking. Yeah, I'm blanking on the word I'm thinking of. It's like a, yes, it's a little bit pat, right? Like it's a little bit. Um, God, what is what is that stinking word? It starts with a C. Not condescending, but it's like I don't know. It's like a little on the nose. Yeah. So okay, let me just say like like the whole the messaging is a little yes, like Seth, like you said, like after school, especially like it's a little <laughs> on the nose. Um, like a little bibliotherapy, but I also actually think it's really important. Like it is a message that needs to be said. And I really like that framing that when you say yes to something that you don't want to say yes to, you are saying no to yourself, right? You are going against your own value Mm -hmm. um, and you are putting yourself last and your needs last. So I think, I think that's a really um, important message. And so, you know, Jill, um, and then, so, you know, on the final page, it's like, Jill feels a lot better saying no, doesn't seem nearly so hard anymore, which of course is like, oh, great. I'm so glad that problem solved. Like that's not, not necessarily going to be so easy to execute, but I'm glad you got there. Um, And so then you see some practicing about when she's going to say no, like, I'm going to say no when I don't like something. (laughs) I'm going to say no when... You know, I don't feel like doing what that person's doing. Like, so um, I, when I, I don't like the feeling I'm getting, like, I don't want to bully someone. It's like, oh, like, what is the dynamic between all these children? Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and then, and that's the end. Uh, and then there's a little bunny that's the little hopper. She was holding hopper, of course. And <laughs> saying, yes, like hopper agrees with this new revelation that, that Jill has had about the importance of saying no. I love that so much. Yeah. And there's a bunny. <laughs> and so um, I I think, so the way to go is I have, I, I really like the overall messaging. I think it does a nice job of, of incorporating these incidents into a story, like into mm-hmm. a narrative, um, even if it's pretty simple. Um, and... Uh, I, like I said, I really like the messaging that saying no to someone else is saying, or sorry, saying yes to someone yeah, else. Saying no, saying to yourself. no to yeah. yourself. Um, the one, the room to grow that I have, um, it's just um, in each of the three kind of incidents that come up um, when she says no, or when she doesn't say no, sorry, something bad happens, right? So mm-hmm. Hopper gets damaged. She has bad dreams she gets in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. But I would have liked one of those scenarios to be that she just wanted to say no, um, like, 
like it doesn't have to be like and see look what happened something bad yeah. happened I should the have bad thing it. is that you didn't respect yourself right it's like yeah. you can say no because you don't want to do something you know like you can say turn down an invitation because you want to just be an introvert and stay home and even if nothing bad happens like when you go and do the thing anyway like that doesn't mean that oh good I'm glad I said yes right like you still could have said no and it would have been okay and I think that was like taking it one step further that I would have liked to see because I think in addition yeah. to training girls to be people pleasers, I think that um, our society really trains girls and, 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 and boys and all in between and beyond to be extroverts, right? Like, like to be social and to create friendships and cultivate friendships in kind of one way. Um, and I just would have liked to see, like I said, like, like a representation of, of saying no, but didn't necessarily, what the, saying yes didn't say, didn't turn out badly, but it still doesn't make it okay or right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Like I was saying, like, I feel like the, the negative repercussion is just that you didn't respect yourself sometimes, right? And it doesn't feel yes. good. Yeah. That's exactly right. Respect yourself. You're worth it. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, I think about that a lot when um, I use that kind of tactic a lot when, like, Kat is beating herself up. I'll be like, would you say that to me? Right? And I think it's not always useful for everyone, but, like, that idea of, like, flipping it around of, like, you're treating yourself a way that you wouldn't treat other people. Like, I I think one of the first times that I really thought about that was, like, when I would make sort of dates Ooh, my microphone fell on me microphone this microphone is so flimsy um when i would sort of make dates to like be like okay i'm gonna do a self-care day today and then someone would be like oh well do you want to work a job or do you want to do this and i'd be like uh, okay and like i i would be like i wouldn't cancel plans on my friends like that but i'm canceling plans with myself mm. you know what i mean and so like yeah i think that that kind of respect is so important and that i like if i mean assuming you treat your friends well um thinking about you know would I treat someone else like that right exactly exactly yeah so I think I I like the I like the different ways that consent kind of manifested in the different books that we chose right like talking about it in terms of like uh in terms of physical touch talking about it in terms of microaggressions talking about it in terms of um of boundaries like you know uh, yeah I, I i'm i'm really pleased with this spread of books mm-hmm. yay books <laughs> and yay <laughs> yes and yay all of these amazing creators the one thing i i will say i think a lot i don't i don't know about all of your authors and illustrators but um i know that my authors and illustrators this, this time around are very white yeah like, same all of these people are white yeah um but Besi- um, besides, what's her name? Three Miller. Thank you. Amazing Three Miller. Yes. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah, I would like to see a little more diversity on that end, as well as in the book. <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh. I don't. I so. I mean, I close up today by saying. <laughs> 
that. As I'm looking around in my office, I'm remembering, I just feel like I should let listeners know that I now have so many books that I needed to buy another bookshelf. <laughs> because I did. I have books flanking me now. They're everywhere. Children's books. Yeah. Gotta buy more. <laughs> I have stacks and stacks and stacks myself. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, anyway, on that note, um, I guess I'll see you next time. Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, thanks, Seth, for sharing all these great books. Mm-hmm. Yay, books. That's my new that's my new outro. <laughs> Yay, books and fuck politeness. <laughs> <laughs>